The Victorian Country Hour with Warwick Long on ABC Radio Victoria. Because he is the man doing tens of thousands of kilometres through regional Victoria, pitching to become the next Premier of the state. Leader of the Liberal Party, Matthew Guy, says regional Victoria is key to him winning. But does he have the policies that connects with regional Victorians? And in the world of agriculture and farming, does he have enough to say on the state of roads, transmission lines, energy, biosecurity, water and much more that you want to hear during this election? You're about to hear an interview with Mr Guy and we hope, don't worry, we hope to have the Premier Daniel Andrews for his pitch anytime on this program before Election Day. But... While he was in Shepparton, I spoke to Matthew Guy for his pitch to rural and regional voters. This is what he had to say. Matthew Guy, welcome to the Country Hour. Thanks, Warwick. Thanks for having me on. What's your pitch to farmers and regional Victoria this election? Well, I think that not just farmers, but the whole state needs a change of direction, a fresh start. And more the point, we all need to have a government that respects us, no matter where we live in Victoria. And that's why we've got a healthcare plan that is as important to people in Katamatite as it is to people in Turak. Our pitch is one to the whole state. You know, I've been, like, I, I'm always in Country Vic. I love Country Vic. If I wasn't a politician, I'd probably live in Country Vic. My dad was a radio announcer at 3UL in Warrigal. It's where my parents met. So it's kind of in my blood. But that, that aside, you know, we want to make sure that Country Victorians get the, the services and the resources they deserve and to make sure that they're not second-class citizens as they're treated by this government. And let's talk through some of those issues then that Victorians are facing sure. right now. I suppose a big one, particularly to do with the flooding emergency still facing sure. a large part of the state, is uh, the state of regional roads at yep. the moment, already crumbling into disrepair before the floods and the rain, now in a, a dire state despite the, the repair job that's happened so far. What would you do if you were Premier to repair regional roads? We've got a $10 billion plan. Plans. It's a billion dollars in road maintenance funding each and every year to be locked in for 10 years. And and that is because under the current government, that has been, uh, well, it's been barely half that for the, the time they've been in office on an annual basis. And look, it used to be the southwest that had the worst roads. You go down to Glenelg and you'd think, dear God, these roads are terrible. Now it's the whole state. It's everywhere. And, and and the southwest, I think, has really got the worst, but then the rest of the state isn't much better off. I mean, I was up in Mildura with my family not long ago on the way back. Of course, it says slow down, please, the road, you know, because of potholes in the road. So the government's attitude is to put a speed sign up to slow you down rather than fix the roads. Well, that's why I want to put a billion dollars a year, each and every year for 10 years, to fix the roads. And it's not just new roads, it's road maintenance. That's why we must do that. We must do that. You cannot have this circumstance where... Speed limits are lowered because maintenance just isn't done. That is not a first world country solution. $600 million is roughly what the government's spending at the moment. You're committing a billion dollars per that's year. Right. That's that's only $400 million a year more. It's not enough to fix the problem, though, is it? Well, there's a lot of capital works that needs to be done on top of that. And that's why we've committed uh, quite a lot of money on capital works upgrades on those roads as well. Then there's the maintenance. So it's twofold. It's the capital works upgrades first and then the maintenance beyond that second a lot of the the secondary roads it's around road maintenance funding the the bigger highway for instance problem is 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 capital funding and so our package on that will address that as well is that enough to fix the problem a billion dollars should be if it's paid see this government says there's 600 mil but it's dropped down into the three and four hundreds for that time as well then we had the road the country roads and bridges fund which was spent in the premier's electorate of mulgrave 
So, you know, you, you actually have to say what you're going to do and mean it. So when we say we're going to fix country roads, we actually mean that doesn't apply to Temple Stowe or to Mulgrave. It applies to places in country and regional Victoria. Let's talk the floods that a lot of Victoria is still suffering, and no doubt you've been out to see um, the situation with your own eyes as well. Yep. This election will probably not mean as much to a lot of people because they're still going to be battling yeah, water sure. on their, their, their properties. But if you become Premier, is recovery and lifting areas of Victoria back to their feet going to be a priority? It for you? absolutely must be. I mean, uh, Peter Walsh, who's the Deputy Coalition Leader and Leader of the Nats, he. You know, his electorate is along the Murray River and it's it's devastating. And, you know, I look at what's happened through Rochester. I've had a briefing recently from the Mayor of Shepparton about what's occurring through, um, or not just Shepparton and Marupna, but towns um, to the north on the Goulburn. And that is going to take a long time to, not just the waters receding, but then the work to actually fix the problems. And then the debates around levy banks, which obviously is, is, a next, is no doubt the next one. And that's what I wanted to raise with you because there's a lot of anger in communities about the previous management of the levy, sure. government departments sure. and catchment management authorities, all of which are authorities of the state government, sure. don't want to claim ownership sure. of levies until the last moment when communities come in and, and end sure. up doing a hodgepodge trying to, to protect their communities. Could you design or oversee a better system as Premier? Look, I don't know the answer to that. Um, Peter Walsh and I... Have, we look at it? We're certainly keen to look at it and see where we can resolve the, the situation because, I mean, in Peter's own communities and his electorate, they're facing... You know, huge flood events. And from our point of view, it's not about who's to blame. It's about how to fix the problem so it doesn't keep happening. And people say, well, you know, it hasn't happened for a long time. Well, it will happen again. And once is enough. And surely we should fix the problem from here on. And in terms of flood management and the role of emergency services and how the government has dealt with that, has the government performed well there? Well, yeah, I don't want to play politics with that. I think our emergency services do do a very good job. And I think when situations like this, nothing's ever perfect, but they've certainly kicked into gear. And on top of that, the community has been exceptional in their support. And I think that shows the best in Australian society. Will it make it more difficult to balance the budget of the state, given the, the flooding hitting the, the state at a time where there could be a change of government? Look, it shouldn't in the sense that the, the monies we know that have to be expended for flood relief are one-off uh, one expenses, uh, or at least you know that they are manageable. They're not ongoing expenses. The issue Victoria has is our ongoing expenses and where the state government can't manage money, and we've certainly found that with this government, we've got more debt than New South Wales, Queensland and Tasmania combined. Um, that comes down to the ongoing manage of the, management of the budget, and that's a very different proposition. Matthew Guy, the leader of the Liberal Party in Victoria, is with you uh, on the campaign trail in the studio here in Shepparton ahead of the Victorian election. A couple of issues, Matthew Guy, have, made that, uh, have become major ones that have spoken about a lot on, on the country air in the lead-up to this election. One big one, which I'm, I'm no doubt you're aware of, is the issue of designing where to put transmission lines sure. in this state at the moment. Sure. I know a member of your party, Louise Staley, Staley is uh, uh, campaigning to try and move the transmission route of the sure. of the lines for the Western Transmission Project, but there's sure. others to be uh, developed in Victoria at the same time. Can your government, a government under you, do better than the current situation? Well, the current situation is one where the state government has literally vacated the field and blamed everyone else. And that's no... That's not dealing with the problem. That's trying to send it off to someone else. So what will you do? That's and there, there, therein lies the problem. We've been very clear that we want to make sure that communities uh, know exactly what's going to occur and when and what some of those solutions might be. You know, it's not fair to spring these things on communities at the last minute. It's not fair to say, well, sorry, you've got no appeal rights or you've got no way of having a say in these matters. This is where it's going to be. 
And that's what Louise has said. Louise Staley's position seems to be not in my electorate. If you move it over there, it's going to be okay, though. Oh, no, it's not just that. Um, she's she's following some of the existing routes, for instance, and certainly for the location of the substations that go, goes north and they're around existing infrastructure. And that's sensible where you've got existing infrastructure. I think the real contention is going through areas which there is there is no power routes at the moment. There is nothing. And particularly over some of those potato farms, which could be hugely detrimental to them. Is one of the difficulties here, there's a privatised energy grid of companies that you have to negotiate with building this project. Could the government have a, a greater say if it was the owner of the infrastructure? Shouldn't matter. Because at the end of the day, the government gives the planning permission. So uh, whether it's a, a government-owned entity or a private entity, it is still the Minister for Planning. It is still the government, the state government, who is the planning authority over those projects. So it shouldn't matter. Will you look at river on the issue of riverfront camping and yep. the opening up of those leases at the moment? Under a government that you lead, would you look at the opening up of those areas for riverfront camping? We are very concerned about some of the biosecurity risks that that, that may present. And we're very concerned about, again, some of the lack of consultation and lack of options to Victorian farmers. I mean, farming is not just a, you know, an occasional uh, thing you do. It's, it's people's livelihoods. And that, to me, must come first. And so the rights of those who are making a living off the land or are leasing those properties should come first because they are making a living off those, those land assets and we should be making sure that they're, you know, that lease is being respected first for those who have who've engaged in it. And I think we've just put forward sensible propositions that that's what should be the case when any of these issues being considered. What's your position on the Murray-Darling Basin Plan? The new Federal Water Minister, Tanya Plibersek, has put an undisclosed amount of money in the federal budget for water buybacks to return, something the community didn't think was going to happen again. What would your position be? Oh, look, best speaking with Peter Walsh on the matters and the, and the, um, the Water Minister on those matters, but uh, our key point on this has been that we have a cooperative relationship, that we don't fight, that we actually have engagement with the South Australian, the New South Wales and the federal government, and I think that's the best way to do that. And so you're happy to keep the nationals in Victoria in control of the water portfolio? That's, that's what it is in opposition, that's what it will be in government. Vic Forests, do you think they're doing a, a good job in their role of looking after forests and, and sustainable timber harvesting in this state? Well, we've said that a sustainable sustainable level of forestry is, is where we want to be, and we've always had a point of view that forest industries in those communities should be supported on sustainable timber harvesting. Uh, and um, and Vic Forest should be accountable in how they do that. And, and I think Vic Forest... Did the court cases recently concern you? Oh, well, I don't really want to comment on court cases. What I, what I would say is that it's up to Vic Forest, like any statutory authority, to be transparent and sensible in how they operate. Matthew Guy's with you, the leader of the Liberal Party here in Victoria, former VFF employee as well. Mm. I suppose that's part of your credentials for agriculture, <laughs> is it, Matthew Guy? Well, uh, I was a city boy who went to work for the Farmers Federation and learned a lot about things like laser grading, which I had no idea what they were at the start. And But it was good. It was fascinating because not only did you get around the state, you know, you, you learned so much about at that stage what was happening in the dairy industry and what was happening in cropping to the northwest of Victoria. And, and they were fascinating topics for someone like myself who, who, you know, who'd never be exposed to anything like that. So then coming into politics and when I became a minister, and at that stage, I was the planning minister. When some of the smaller councils, and at that stage, I think it was West Wimmera and Hindmarsh, wanted to reform farm zones. And you understand when they're talking to you saying, this is not a lifestyle zone, it's a working zone, minister. And so, you know, you then start to design those zones around what you've learnt from that career, knowing that 
people back in Melbourne think a farm zone is, you know, it's lovely you've got three chooks and two cows and that's a farm. No, you're talking about farm with many, many hundred head of cattle, for instance, and then you've got more on sheep. Um, so it's a working zone and you have to have that premise in your mind and it gave me a lot of respect for those ag industries in Victoria who just really are the backbone of our economy. One of the big issues that have come up at a lot of local electorate forums uh, throughout this is um, not only housing availability in regional areas for yep. towns but also for things like farm workers yes. and we hear about that constantly. Is there a quick fix that you can foresee or something that a government can do to free up availability? Uh, quick fix, uh, not Urgent, not 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 overnight. That's correct. Um, but what we can do is make it easier, and that is by bringing back planning flying squads. And what they are is they go around and help council. So where councils say we've got six structure plans we need to get through, and in those structure plans might be, um, you know, 150 houses hypothetically, and the state government sits on it as this government has for seven years. Well, that doesn't help anyone because the fewer developers active in a market, then they benefit from a from a price which is you know they can set as opposed to five or six developers when they've got to compete. And we want to be able to provide the person trying to buy a house the, the most competition because then they're going to get a better price. And more the point, that only benefits the consumer and, and might get people, for instance, on farm workers in a home quicker. A little bit more broadly, looking at the, the electorate map at the moment and where you sit and, and I suppose to borrow an American term, your path to victory. Yep. How do you win this election? <laughs> People ask me that and then every day there's a new poll that puts us closer and closer and the last one has us level pegging. So does that mean you um, work? it's working? Well, what's working is just being sensible and not over committing and not everything the Premier does, it has to be the big, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest. You know, the guy has a complex where everything has to be the biggest, and of course, none of it's ever done. Is it through the suburbs or through regional areas? It's, or how? Look, I, I don't want to come to government without country and regional seats. I think country and regions need a very strong voice in government. I intend that to be, uh, in, in my government, to be the same, not just with the nationals, but also country liberals. I mean, you've got people like Louise Staley, Wayne Farnham in Narrakan, Bill Tilley in Benambra, Roma Britton, southwest coast. We, we need them back too. That brings us to the next story. Independence <laughs> were the story of the last federal election. Yep. Bill Tilley, for one, is under a lot of pressure from an independent yep. there, uh, as is other areas where we're sitting at the moment. Three-quarter contest with a sitting independent and obviously yep. Mildura too. Will independence be the story of this election? Look, it's, people ask me this particularly about Bill. Bill faced independence the last two elections. This, this is not new. Um, you know, we've we put our best foot forward. We're not You'd have to win Shepparton and Mildura too to win, wouldn't you? We'd think so. We'd like to. Um, but again, you know, this is... How I, I don't want to disrespect or, or attack other candidates, uh, independent candidates run their elections, and that's fine for them, but we run ours and we're putting forward sensible paths for those cities and those electorates to be part of a government. Just before we finish, Matthew Guy, to avoid me becoming an electoral <laughs> Nostradamus. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> if you don't win, is this it for you? Might come and live in Shepparton. I like it up here. <laughs> yeah, well, many people have, have written you off before, <laughs> yeah. but, but, do you, but do you foresee a career if you can't win this election? I'll wait and see when I get to the 27th of November, but I'm pretty confident that I'll be the Premier of Victoria because we're on path, uh, a very good path, and we're uh, doing what we need to do and talking to the people of Victoria and I must say I enjoy campaigning because you get out and see so many people and that's what politics is about well uh, good luck with the rest of the campaign trail and I thought you were going to offer me a gig on ABC radio oh well I don't have the power to do that but I've got the uh, I've got the recommendations for future holidays and maybe uh, real estate instead thanks Thanks for your time appreciate it Matthew Guy doesn't want to talk about the future does he Uh, if he doesn't win but that's his pitch to become the next premier of Victoria, certainly on rural and regional issues.